Hello there, welcome to DFW IDP Blitz episode 21. It's our season recap and I wanted to apologize for not communicating to everybody that we were on vacation the last couple weeks. Uh, I was on vacation and then this week, Chris Tubbs is on vacation. So I'm gonna fly solo. I didn't want it to go another week without having a podcast episode. So we're gonna do a season recap today and do some quick hits. So one season under our belt and in the books and as we head into the off season, we wanted to take a look at the season as a whole. Uh, we had a couple of great weeks where we had over 600 listeners, which I think is outstanding for a couple of guys that aren't podcasters that don't really have a huge following uh, in a in a niche industry where IDP is only about 10% of Dynasty football. To have 600 listeners is pretty fantastic. So that's thanks to all of you for follows and for ratings and subscriptions. We really appreciate it. Um, so let's start off with look at your rosters, and that may seem very, very basic, but you need to take a look at your rosters and do what I, I say, a red face test. You look in the mirror and you ask yourself some tough questions, and if your face turns red, then you have a problem. Take into account where your draft picks are that you have upcoming and kind of put that with the pieces of what your roster looks like. Also, consider the trend that you have been in. If you've been in the league for multiple years, two, three, four years, and you've had middling results, then it's probably time for some type of a restructure or redo. This is going to paint a picture of where you're at, and if you were struck by the injury bug, it's not time to overreact. However, if you've got middling talent and you're just kind of hovering there in the middle, it's time. It's time for a rehaul. The next thing is scour your waiver wires for stash players. Now, I want to caution you by not filling your roster up with lottery tickets. So you don't want six or eight guys that are total lottery tickets. But let me give you an example. In all of my tight end premium leagues, I grabbed Deion Sims where I could. And Deion Sims is a guy with good good athletic uh, profile, good metrics, and pretty decent production. And he really flashed late in the year. He's on a team where they need a tight end. And the previous tight end, uh, Jordan Cameron, was uh, plagued by the injury bug again. No shocker there. And Deion Sims is a guy that I've tried to acquire everywhere. Pretty much was free. Uh, if he ends up winning the full-time job, fantastic. I'll have some tight end two value there and uh, with some upside, and he was free. So there's Jim sitting out there. Take a look at who's available, and we'll go over some names and some guys uh, later, but I just want you to really don't take it for granted. Don't just say, well, the waiver wire's picked over, and there's nobody there, because you never know. You never know there's that one guy that's sitting there that people have overlooked, or someone dropped because they only used him for a, a bi-week filler, and they've been laying on the waivers for a couple, two, three weeks. So really, really pour over your waiver wires. I like to filter as well. Filter for you know weeks 9 through 17 to see who's really coming on. You can carry that to the nth degree. Filter from weeks 12 to 17 and, and just see who's had a good run of four or five games and see who came on late in the year. And that'll really kind of raise some eyebrows and paint some good pictures for you. Next is trade offers. And what I mean by that is I like to throw out a lot of small trade offers that I think are going to improve my team by the slightest of margins. I don't go out there looking for blockbuster trades right away in the offseason because there's so many things that need to settle and get figured out. But I like to look for small marginal trades that are going to improve my team by 5%, 10%. So there's a lot of times where I'll send a trendier player that has some inflated value to try to acquire a player that I think has a good ceiling. So as an example, I recently traded Lawrence Timmons and a 2017 third round pick, the 3.11 for Deion Jones. Now, a lot of folks would say that that's overpaying, that Deion Jones was a third round pick last year in most drafts, maybe a late second. But 
I looked at it as Lawrence Timmons probably has another year to two years left of good production, most likely as an LB2. Uh, but I believe that Deion Jones has the potential to be an elite talent. So I'm willing to speculate a little bit and potentially give a little bit up in that trade for the ceiling. So that's one example of a trade to try to help my team. And, uh, you know, this this draft class is loaded and a lot of people think it's loaded. And so I think it's important to capitalize on that to some degree. Now, I will say on one note, do not trade away your first round or early second round picks. These are going to be super valuable right around draft time. I just simply like to use my third and fourth round picks as nice little add-ins to acquire players that I know are going to be core assets for myself. Third, A late third round pick to me, I don't care what draft year it is. It could be the most loaded class in, in the world. The 3.11 is a total crapshoot. And if I can trade an aging vet and a 3.11 for Deion Jones, I'm doing it. So hang on to those firsts and, and early and mid seconds. Those are going to be super valuable. The next thing is dump. Dump your players that you know for a fact are not going to have any value. It's really important for you to recognize this. Uh, when you need to cut bait and you, even if it's a person that you've scouted and you believe in, if they've had two or three years of poor production, it's time to get rid of them. You know, dump those players. Of course, try and trade them first. But if you can't get anything in trade, free up that roster spot. Look to get someone that has more value. That linebacker five that got some play during injuries isn't going to help you long term. He's he's not going to he's not going to make your team a winner. The last thing I want to mention is building rapport, and this is something that I've really focused on in all of my leagues, in particular since joining Scott Fish's league. I joined the Capitalist Pigs, and it's a great group of guys there head, headed by Scott Fish, who's quite frankly one of the best guys in all of fantasy football and just a great dude. But Scott uh, talks a lot about rapport in the leagues and the vibe of the league and making sure that leagues don't become stale. And I think it's important to mention because if it does feel stale or old, maybe it's time to add a wrinkle to the scoring or add an additional reward. As an example, one league that I'm in, has an MVO or most valuable owner award. We have a site poll, it's anonymous, and the winner gets the 1.13 pick in a rookie draft. Now, you're not allowed to vote for yourself. So after we vote, if there's a tie, we put the people that are in the tie back in and we re-vote. And we do so until there's a winner. And that winner gets the 1.13. And it's really determined on who you think adds the most value to the league. Who is the most active, who puts out the most fair trade offers, who is encouraging, who is fun, who is, you know, a joy to have in the league. So it's just something different, something fun. And uh, look for opportunities, you know, hit up Ascot Fish if you have any questions about commissioning or, um, and also hit up his podcast, Commission Impossible. Uh, it's a new podcast with him and Ryan McDowell. It's fantastic. I'm not really a commissioner, uh, only one league that I'm a commissioner of. But it's still a good listen. And if you're a commissioner, it's a great listen. So now, you have a good idea of where you're at, where your league stands, how your team is, what direction to take. You've started to formulate a plan. Now it's time to execute it. So let me give you some buy-high players. Now I want to give Matt Kelly some credit, uh, Fantasy Mansion. <clears throat> As you guys know, he's he's one of my man crushes. I, I dig him a ton. I listen to all his pods. I think he's entertaining as heck. And I think he's smart and very articulate. Um... I just, I just think he's great. And uh, he coined the phrase buy high. So guys that I'm willing to buy high on that I think that you should be buying high on. So at defensive line, we have Khalil Mack. We talked about him at the beginning of the season. He's worth every penny that you pay for him. Uh, he just is. Danielle Hunter, he's a guy that 
was a top five defensive lineman. And he was a little hot and cold in some games, but man, that ceiling is super high. And I think he's he's definitely worth paying the pretty penny for. One guy that I've come around on, I thought he would be a great NFL player, but I wasn't sure he was going to be a great IDP player, is Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa showed this year that he is going to be an elite defensive lineman in this league. I wasn't sure because San Diego plays a bit of a hybrid defense. They they move looks around. They they come from different angles. They do a lot of different stuff. But Bosa is just a great great football player and he's going to get his. So I think that year two is going to be even bigger as he learns the nuances. He'll get a little stronger in that NFL weight room. And I just think Bosa is going to be a top five asset. So these are all players that I believe uh, you can buy high on. And in a defensive tackle, tackle required league, Aaron Donald fits that bill as well. At linebacker, remember how everyone was dogging on uh, Levante David? Well, Levante David finished as the linebacker five on the year. And he helped people win championships because he finished strong the last four weeks. So if I can get Levante David, uh, I'm getting him. I'm going to I'm gonna pay full value for him. Uh, it's probably deflated a little bit compared to what it was last year, but I'm going to look to acquire him in as many leagues as I can. And yes, Quan is the flavor of the day, but Levante David, uh, he's a beast and go get him. Uh, the next guy, Deion Jones. So I talked about him briefly earlier. I probably watch more film on Deion Jones this year than any other linebacker. I think that he has a great football IQ. He sees the field very well. I think he's that guy that can can intercept the ball and and just he's just really really good in traffic. And I just think he's going to blossom in year 2. He was a linebacker 9 on the year and that's with playing, you know, in and out a little bit and not really having that defense gel and I just think that the sky is the limit. And lastly, Vontez Perfect. Vontez Perfect had the fourth highest point per game average at linebacker and I just I think he stayed pretty much out of trouble this year, and he's a guy that I'm looking to try to pick up, and his price tag is great. He's uh, His price tag is very reasonable. Uh, at defensive back, Landon Collins. Landon Collins outscored the next uh, defensive back by almost 100 IDP points. Uh, he has a J.J. Watt-type appeal at the defensive back position. I'm not sure if that production is sustainable, but I definitely think he's a top two uh, defensive back and locked and loaded, and I'm willing to overpay for it, and I'm, I'm happy to overpay for it. An honorable mention would be Count O'Neill. I love this kid. I love his skill set. However, we talked about him at the beginning of the season, in preseason, with his playing style being so violent and so aggressive that I worried about him staying healthy in the NFL game. And we've seen that a little bit at the end of the year, uh, got nicked up. And I do want him on my rosters. I'm not willing to overpay for him, but I am willing to pay full market value for him. So he's a guy that crossed my fingers and hope that he stays healthy, but he sure is electric. Uh, Some sell high guys. We talked at the beginning of the season about J.J. Watt. And those of you, I've had some people uh, give me some mentions and some DMs that thank you for for talking me into selling J.J. Watt. Well, it's not talking you into anything. It's just giving you perspective. There's always more than one way to look at something. Glass half full, glass half empty. Uh, you know, it's important to have different perspectives. And for me, the risk-reward factor is starting to not be there with J.J. Watt. And that started at the beginning of the season with, with coming back off of surgery this year, he's coming back off of another injury, and yes, he's the best defensive lineman. Yes, he's a beast. Yes, he's an IDP stud, but I think that if he comes back and he's rehabbed and he starts to get on the field, uh, I think I'm selling. The second I, I can, I'm selling him, and uh, you can still get a huge, huge bounty for him. Um, the next guy, you might be surprised a bit because I've been on his bandwagon for quite a bit, but that's Ziggy Ansah, and with the emergence of Hyder and Taylor, and the amount of playing time they get, and kind of how that defense performed. I'm not sure that Ansa is going to sneak into that top five or top six defensive line uh, consistently. 
and I just think that his value is still pretty pretty darn high, and I'm going to kind of test the water. I'm not going to give him away. I will uh, test the water and, and, and hold firm at that top five defensive line price tag, but if I can flip him for a guy like Hunter, uh, I'm going to do so in a, in a heartbeat. Um, I just think his name value is more than the actual. Uh, for linebacker, Luke Keekley, see J.J. Watt. You know, this guy is arguably, next to J.J. Watt, probably the best IDP asset in all of NFL. And I just, when you look at that clip of him crying after he got hit, <clears throat> it's it's serious. It's a, it's a real, real problem. The guy was absolutely not right. Uh, and that that's all brain related. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a serious issue. And, and I, I worry that the guy is going to get hurt really badly. I think that if he has another episode where he gets another, uh, another concussion that he's done. And so I'm looking to cash in. Uh, I, 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 I want to cut bait on, on Keekly. Um, Eric Kendricks, I believe Eric Kendricks is more of a high linebacker too. I think he's still viewed as a linebacker one. And in some people's camps, he's a superstar. Um, I liken Eric Kendricks to my Jordan Hicks. Like I am a super Jordan Hicks fan, Jordan Hicks truther. I think that he's got elite potential and it might never happen. And if it doesn't happen, I'm going to take it on the chin and I'm going to be like, yeah, that was my bad. I was wrong. Jordan Hicks was more of an LB2, never happened. So for me, that's kind of Kendricks. If Kendricks is your guy, then stick with him by all means. But I think that his value is such now that, that you should test the water and see see what's going on. Uh, I would trade Deion Jones for Kendricks straight up. So if if you want my Kendricks and, and I can get your Deion Jones, I'm, I'm happy to do that. The next guy is Telvin Smith. <clears throat> Puzlesny was the linebacker 22 and Telvin the linebacker 23 this year. And that's just not that's just not going to get it done for, for the value that he has. And Miles Jack is going to play next year. Who knows what Paz is going to do, but... I just think that Telvin's value right now is the perceived value is higher than his actual value. So I think it's time to shop him and cash in. Marcus Golden's the next guy. I love Marcus Golden. He is talented as heck. Super athletic, super agile, but I do not think his production can be sustained. Playing in that 3-4 outside spot, uh, I just think that um, it's a situation that he's just he's just not going to be able to sustain it. And uh, I, just, I just think that uh, if you can get a safer floor, then I'm looking to do so. A Vic Beasley, same thing. You know, a lot of people are going to say, well, geez, you, you held on to Vic Beasley and he's finally there. But I just, again, that three, four outside linebacker position, I just have a tough time seeing him maintaining the production. And if you're a gambler, I mean, there's riverboat gamblers. IDPB, I love you, dude. You're, you're a riverboat gambler and you, you like that home run hit and I'm all good with that, but that's not me. I, I can't, I don't feel comfy throwing a guy like that into my lineup when I could throw in a Tahir Whitehead or somebody that has a, a better floor. No, he's not going to rip off the 40-point game that Vic Beasley's going to have every seventh game, but um, I'm looking to sell him. So I love Vic Beasley, but I'm looking to sell him. Uh, the last guy is Ryan Chazier, and some of you might be saying, wow, he finally cracked the top 24 linebackers, barely. He was the 24th linebacker in the league. <clears throat> I generally rarely if ever use the phrase injury prone but gosh darn it ryan chazier is injury prone that guy cannot stay healthy can't stay on the field and he got enough production this year to kind of peak up his his value again and i'm looking to sell him i only have him in a couple leagues but i i know for a fact i'm going to cash in at defensive back harrison smith 
he's a big play DB that's been nicked up a bit. I think he still holds elite value in perception, but I think he's a little bit more of a DB2. This year, he was a DB16 on an average point per game. So taking out games where he was hurt, just by points per game, he was a DB16. And that's a solid middling DB2. But he is viewed as a top-tier DB1. So if I can flip him for a Keanu Neal or maybe add a third-round pick and get a Landon Collins, I'm all over that. The last guy is Cam Chancellor. He's a great NFL player. He's a much better NFL player than he is IDP asset. I think he's a DB2 at best. If you can get any kind of DB1 value, I would trade him to do so. Lastly, here's some of my guys, quote-unquote. These are guys that uh, I'm looking to acquire and and, and, uh, get in leagues. Now, be careful. Do not overpay for these guys because... One of the main reasons that I'm recommending these guys is because their value, I see their value in the IDP community as less than I view it. So these are guys that I think I can get cheaper than the uh, than what I perceive the value to be. So don't overpay for them. A lot of these guys are second tier players. You know, they're LB2s with, with some upside. They're, they're LB3s with some upside. But uh, I think that the price relative to what the ceiling is is definitely uh, worth rostering. So the first guy is the man crush, Trey Flowers. We talked about him at length at the beginning of the season. Uh, You know, one of my favorite things to do is look at contract situations for cores. So the defensive line for that team, they're basically going to be ditching one to two guys, and Trey Flowers is most likely, highly likely, going to be sliding into a full-time spot next year. I think he's for sure a DL2 with some DL1 upside. So I love me some Trey Flowers. I have them everywhere. Cameron Jordan, one of my favorite uh, DL2s. Uh, He gives you those DL1 weeks sometimes, and he just doesn't get that much love. And I think that he's a guy that I like to try to sneak into some trades and uh, try to, you know, if I can can throw in a a lesser guy, in my opinion, but has a little more name cachet, then then, uh, I like to try to acquire Cameron Jordan. Leonard Williams. I think Leonard Williams is going to be special next year. I, I see uh, the, the Sheldon Richardson situation, uh, him getting shipped off, and I just think Williams is going to be a full-time player, and I just think he's going to be super productive. They're going to put him in position to succeed. He's he's going to be elite, and he's a guy that I'm looking to get everywhere. Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf's a guy that fell off a little bit, got hurt, but I love him as a DL3. He's a guy that I love to have in my back pocket in case there's an injury or a bye week. He's a guy that I think you can get dirt cheap. And lastly, Chris Baker. Chris Baker's a guy that uh, Josh Johnson turned me on to a bit. I wasn't really high on him, but I kind of watched a little tape and looked at his stats, and I could see an increased role there, and I can see him having some value uh, moving forward. At linebacker, Bernard McKinney, the train has probably sailed on that in terms of his value. It's pretty high right now, but I still... I still think that there's even more potential for him to do well with that defense improving. So he's a guy that I'm looking to acquire. Zach Orr, he outproduced Mosley this year, flat out just outproduced him. And Mosley still has the name value. Zach Orr is the guy that I love to try to get uh, where I can. KJ Wright. KJ Wright gets no love, and that's just wrong. It's He's a good linebacker. He is a solid linebacker too. Uh, with upside, and I just love having KJ Wright again in those situations where you have bye weeks, you have injuries. He's a great guy to have on on your roster. Not super sexy, you know. He's he's not uh, Bobby Wagner, uh, but he is very very good, and he's a good IDP asset. Not great, but good. Jatavis Brown, 
I threw him in there because I think the value has has taken a little bit of a bump. I think it's gone down a, a smidge, um, but I still think he's going to be a good linebacker long term. And uh, he had some problems with injuries and his his uh, you know family member dying. So Jatavis Brown's a guy that that uh, maybe that that buzz has died down, and you can kind of go get him. Lastly, Kiko Alonso. We talked about him at length all season long. He's a guy that just flat out produced all year. I still don't think his value perceived is that high. I think you can go get him as low-end LB2, high-end LB3, and he's performing at an LB1 level, and he's still young enough, and there's not that many miles on him because of the years that he was hurt. So I really like Kiko Alonso as, as an ad. At defensive back, Jaleel Adai, that might be tough to get because he was so hot at the end of the year, but that team needs playmakers. He's young. He's exciting. I think he's a good ad. Jonathan Cyprian, everyone's favorite player to hate, but he was the DB5 this year, and I don't see him going anywhere. I think that he uh, is a producer, and I think he has a knack for being where the ball is, and uh, he's a solid DB asset. Kenny Vaccaro, he he had a, a very solid year. The thing I like about Vaccaro is the floor. It seemed like every week he's rolling out 10, 12 points, 10, 12 points, 10, 12 points. You don't get those sexy 30, 36-point weeks, but, man, it's 10, 12, 13, 11. And I like that. I like that in particular as a DB2. TJ Ward. TJ Ward is a guy I love. He plays up by the box. He comes up with some big games. And he's in the last year of his contract. So his last year contract year is 2017. And I really think that he's going to play his butt off to get a new contract. And uh, you're going to see the best out of TJ Ward next year. So he's one of my big tips to really kind of latch on to. He's pretty cheap. Uh, it's not going to cost you a bunch. And he's a guy that I think can help you quite a bit. Clayton Gathers. Started off pretty well uh, this season, got hurt, and uh, I still think that he's going to be a low-end DB1, high-end DB2, and I, I like him as an ad. And lastly, kind of a little tiny man crush in Kevin Bayard. I'm not sure what his role is going to be next year in terms of starting. I think he could definitely slide into that starting role, um, but I really like his skill set. I like it's He's got a very balanced skill set. He does well in most facets of the game. Facets of the game. He doesn't excel in any one but he's just very solid. The last thing I want to mention is you need to make sure that you're valuing your aging vets appropriately. So I'll give you an example. Lawrence Timmons. Lawrence Timmons can go either way. He can be a valuable asset to a person that is making a championship run, or if your team is middling or poor, he's a guy that's just wasting away on your roster. So look to try to correctly assess where you're at with these aging veterans and look to move on from them if you have a middling uh, or, or poor performing team. And if you think you can make a run and you think that, hey, you know, I, I, I've got a, an established team, I'm, I'm looking good, uh, I'll, I'm going to hang on to him, or even I'm going to acquire him on the cheap and try to get him as a stash, as an LB2, LB3, because he's only a year removed from being an LB1. So Timmons is one, we've seen that in a lot of these um, aging uh, linebackers with Dequell, with Dansby, with Timmons. These guys can perform at a very high level. So make sure that you're properly assessing their value on your roster and in your league. Um, and roster construction is the key. Where are you at? Are you in win now mode or are you rebuilding? So it's really important for you to assess and react accordingly. <clears throat> in closing, I want to say thanks again for supporting the podcast. Please subscribe, rate, review, tell all your friends, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We appreciate the support at Dynasty Football Warehouse. Remember that we have the premium content, uh, 
go to our website, dynastyfootballwarehouse.com. On the right-hand side, there's the, the, the uh, link for the premium content. It's worth every penny, you guys. We do all kinds of, of uh, great stuff on the website, and you get 24-7 access to all of the owners there. You get quick responses to all your questions. As you do startups, you're going to want us in your corner. You're going to want us so you can ask questions um, as you're doing drop ads and uh, redoing uh, auction bidding and, and things of that nature. You're going to want us. You're going to want us in your corner. So if you're not a member, go sign up. Now's the time. The The offseason starts now. And the, the, the playoffs are over. Fantasy playoffs are over. The new season starts now. That's why we do Dynasty. It's 24-7 football. Um, again, thank you. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be getting in touch very soon with with uh, a schedule of what's going to happen with the podcast. We haven't decided if we're going to do it weekly. I may drop some quick hits, some 10 or 15-minute rookie reviews, uh, things of that nature. And we'll probably do a couple of episodes for the rookie draft. And then we'll probably do a couple of episodes leading up to the NFL draft. And then post-draft, we'll probably do a couple of uh, post-draft episodes as well. So if you have any ideas for episodes, hit me up, at Bill Latin. Again, we appreciate it. Talk to you soon.